and cap brr. All the thick girls down on the brr. Ice on my neck like brr. I'm big bone with nice curves. Look at me, I know I look good. Look good, look good, look good. I'ma show y'all chicks how to do it. Yo nigga, he wish he could.
Managing editor and columnist at Mission Local, Joe Eskenazi. How you doing, Joe? I'm all right. Thank, thanks, thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> oh well, uh, no problem. <laughs> um, how was the ride coming down here? Uh, f- you know, no complaints. Uh, Any time that you get a, an uneventful muni ride, we ought to be thankful for that. Right, right, right. Um, uh, usually, uh, usually it's eventful, huh? I wouldn't say usually, but it's eventful enough. I mean, the 49 seems to be a little less crazy than the 14, even though they retrace much of the same route. Right, right, right. I wonder. I wonder why. At any rate, um, what's uh, what's on the dock today? Well, let's get right to it. Julian Mark broke a big story, uh, a story that's of interest to San Franciscans and, and of mission uh, dwellers, uh, because it's about Bisap Baobab and its uh, owner Marco Senghor. Uh, in and many of us were uh, taken aback uh, when uh, Marco was arrested last year and uh, charged with immigration crimes that could result, could have resulted in him having his uh, citizenship stripped. Uh, and and you know possible deportation, but the the uh, the scoop that Julian has is that the feds have at least for now taken off the table uh, the crimes that would have immediately stripped him of his citizenship. That's right. Um, so basically, um, it, this has been really just kind of a just a saga. Um, you know, I mean, it was it was shocking. I see Marco. You know, around the neighborhood, he's really just a neighborhood guy. He mm-hmm. lives lives on, you know, lives just off Mission Street. You know, has his business just off Mission Street. Um, and you know, it was probably shocking to a lot of people when you know a bunch of federal authorities uh, stopped, um, Arrest, arrested him right yeah, off the street, like right something out of a movie. Exactly, exactly. Um, the crimes, um, basically. Um, falsifying uh, or uh, obtaining a citizenship illegally, although it's kind of unclear how exactly he did that. Allegedly. Uh, yeah. Allegedly, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Allegedly. Uh, and um, and he, um, and you know, it's, I mean, it, it seems to be kind of this very heavy-handed to approach to, uh, you know. So, so why don't you walk thing. us yeah. through what he was facing and what they were say, accusing him of and, and how that has switched even in the last 48 hours. Well, it's unclear exactly what he is uh, being, ac- I mean, he is technically being accused of obtaining his citizenship uh, illegally and being a per- obtaining his citizenship, uh, being a person not eligible for citizenship. And those two things, I am told by... Uh, um, you know, uh, immigration experts um, would have, and this is, mind you, a federal uh, federal criminal offense. Mm-hmm. So this would have, um, you know, both felonies, and these two things, these charges that they put on him, would have, in one fell swoop, um, just stripped him of his citizenship, would have denaturalized him upon conviction. And and I imagine thereafter, you know, there's probably, you know, I think also you said that he was going to be, uh, there's going to be asset forfeiture. Right, exactly. Yeah, they they um they not only um put these denaturalization charges on him, they put 
they, they said any any uh, any vehicle, any sort of assets that you used uh, in the commission uh, in in committing these crimes will be seized by the government. And I talked to a lawyer yesterday who said this is I've never seen this in a, in a federal uh, criminal immigration case. Except you know I, this is basically what they do to mobsters. So that's very heavy-handed. Um, yeah. So they were so they were basically charging him with with some manners of falsification or even fraud in the way right. that he obtained his citizenship, and they wanted to strip him of his citizenship and what's more, uh, impoverish him. Right. Uh, but that's changed. That's changed. Um, so what uh, what was filed on Tuesday was um, a uh, lawyer, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office of Northern California um, put in a filing that essentially. Um, uh, nullified uh, the original indictment, uh, the two charges that would have uh, stripped him of his citizenship, and basically slapped him with uh, a charge that is still a felony. Um, and it it basically is he's uh, he made a false claim uh, involving uh, his citizenship papers, which is still a felony that carries a ten uh, a ten year maximum prison. It, se- it seems though, rather than saying that he ab- obtained his citizenship in a fraudulent manner, they're saying that he had false claims on his form. Right, exactly. Yeah, That's, that seems less serious. It see and and one of the, the the same lawyer who said who said that this was an extremely heavy handed approach basically said this is a far more innocuous um, you know charge uh, compared to what he was uh, he was facing before. Now uh, you know, oftentimes in interviews like these, there are very leading questions where I know the answer, and, and you know, <laughs> uh, you know, for all you people, I I, I sit uh, you know a meter away from Julian, <laughs> yeah. so I know I know what he's doing. But like you know, it, it would seem to me in your reporting, you had a hard time finding analogs of a case like this. Yeah, they they're they're fairly rare, and and the uh, the the folks that I spoke to who who are familiar with this terrain said that typically these denaturalization uh, cases are um, are done are done civilly. I mean, even though uh, civil and we don't mean civilly like you know politely. No, <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, they're they're done through civil proceedings, which uh, w- which takes a different standard of evidence, and um, which basically. Um, it's a it's kind of an up or down on whether or not you know somebody is you know able to stay based on based based on the evidence. But the federal prosecutors can still file these uh, file a civil lawsuit to take a citizenship away. And those who I spoke to said that, that is definitely not out of the cards. Or I mean, I have to imagine as 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 you've intimated to in your story, which you should read on Mission Local, which goes into details that would be cumbersome on a radio show, so you should check it out. Right, uh, missionlocal dot org dot org or dot com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there has been a deal struck could you know could the deal preclude them going back and and kicking him when he's down or 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 do you think that that's still on the table for them or we just not know um you know we i we really don't know and i i wouldn't want really want to speculate i think everything is on the table right now um and you know perhaps it's part of the deal that um you know if if uh singor um pleads guilty which he is expected to do um uh he uh they may lay off the uh the civil the civil suit to to denaturalize him but um it's uh, that's that's kind of unknown so what are some of the penalties he could be facing i mean uh but the one before it seemed very serious you could be you could be stripped of your citizenship or you could be deported you could be impoverished and also you could spend time in prison yes you know prison right right, right. <laughs> what what is what are some of the things that could happen now what's the ceiling on the charges that he's got well, the ceiling is 10 years 10 um, years is a lot 10 years <laughs> is a lot now however i mean in prison correct so um, the federal prison, federal prison, yeah. right, right, exactly. Like Tim McVeigh, yeah. yes, <laughs> right. yes, for, you know this 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 club owner who who made a living here and uh, built a life here, and I, mm-hmm. in fact, I think that the, the merits of uh, of Sang- uh, of Sangor's life here 
um, will likely play into uh, how he is sentenced. I mean, he has a relatively um, progressive liberal judge, um, William H. Oreck, um, who is actually the the judge that oversees the uh, the federal monitor in Oakland, who's overseeing mm-hmm. the police department. So this that's is why a, you recognize that name. Yes, yes, exactly. That he and is, the vacuum cleaners. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, are they related? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, this is a this is a this is a very forward forward thinking judge. Not like, it's not like the Briars here. Yes, you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he uh, and I think that he will consider uh, when he's sentencing Marco um, to uh, you know he will consider. Um, the, uh, the community person that Marco is. And he, he, um, I mean, he really, you know, he built an institution that is, you know, regarded as probably one of the most unique in the city, you know, if I mean, he's not a mobster. He's not a, yeah. Whatever he did to obtain the citizenship, he's used it to, to have like a pretty, you know, American dream type life. Exactly. I mean, he really is just the very definition of, you know, an immigrant success story. And, you know, I think with that may have come a, um, you know, may, there may have been some falters along the way. I, I don't think that he would be making this deal or his lawyers would be backing off, I guess, if, you know, there wasn't perhaps something there. And um, and so, I mean, that's that's the thing about uh, about being a citizen, you know, in the United States or becoming a citizen and being an immigrant in the United States is that, you know, sometimes you have to do what you need to do in order to uh, in order to to become legitimate, and you have to sometimes you have to do things that are not going to be uh, within the uh, you know to the very letter of the law, right? Uh, you know that that that's a good discussion point. You know, certainly there is um, a robust discussion to be had about legitimizing people who have you know come here illegitimately, and you know the the success stories uh, abound within. I'd say within a hundred yards of where we are, there are probably many people who, you know, arrived here in in less than legal circumstances and are, you know, contributing members to society, taxpayers, you know, uh, productive folks, you know. So I'd say, yeah, that's certainly something to think about. I mean, but that, you know, the thing is, the thing about immigration in the United States is that, you know, we have to, we say that, you know, yes, come to our country and, you know, have a life here. And, you know, do all of these great things, but you have to do it the right way. We have, mm-hmm. You have to do it our way or else, you know, sometime down the road, we're going to catch you on um, perhaps a technicality, especially now under, under this administration. And that's something that we've never figured out, whether this was part and parcel of the Trump administration, you know, ramping up efforts right. to denaturalize people or if he just happened to just get caught somehow. I mean, I don't know if it's uh, it may be just a coincidence that, the, you know, that things have happened this way. Um, it may. Uh, but, you know, the uh, the immigration uh, uh, experts that I spoke to basically said, well, no, yes, the the Trump administration, it, you know, things have ramped up, you know, prosecution. And the fact that he's a black man from sub-Saharan Africa is completely coincidental. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, d- definitely, I think that, you know, there is, they, they are targeting uh, folks from um, African and uh, African nations, uh, Middle Eastern and Muslim nations. Well, he does fit into the pattern. <laughs> right, exactly. And we also, you know, Mission Local did a bit of digging and, you know, there may have, this may have uh, related to uh, some kind of, uh, we, we discovered that perhaps uh, he, um, he may have uh, entered into a marriage in order to get his green card, possibly. Um, well, he was definitely married. He was definitely married. Um, and it, it is, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it was it it seems as though you know he may have done this through through an immigration service i mean these are not again racketeering rico type crimes right. this is um 
it's i mean the the law is the law right the law is the law i mean you're not allowed to jaywalk and you're not allowed to you know uh set up green card marriages even though we even have a term for it so but the I law mean, is the law yeah and the question is does it matter does it really matter you know well we'll see you know i mean i think that it, it all depends upon uh on how it's what happens as soon as today julian right you know right. as soon as today we might know uh at least in the near term what 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 is going to happen moving forward and what level of punishment he'll have i mean certainly it's been a huge financial burden right all right so <laughs> you know, and, so much so that you know he he has had to um you know he decided to uh shut down um, you know, the club after, you know, after 20 years in business and sell, sell the building that he had just bought, you know, uh, no more than, uh, uh, a year and a half ago. And, um, and basically, you know, uh, well, he'll probably back. make money on that deal, but we're going to be poor for it as a community. Right. I mean, right. Like, I just can't wait for another juice joint or something to go in there. <laughs> no, it's, it won't be, a, it won't be a juice joint. It's going to be, uh, I'm sure they'll have a very, you know, restrictive MOU. <laughs> uh it's going to be el porteño of uh oh is it okay. yes el porteño uh, out in the excelsior it's a peruvian restaurant i believe well and... th- that's good i mean right. are they gonna have dancing after hours probably not maybe who maybe. knows maybe. who knows i mean i think that can i go see flamenco there uh pr- who i think i th- i i'm hoping that uh, el porteño sort of keeps the tradition alive of uh you know of, of good nightlife on 19th street and he still has the place next door um, he, uh, does, and he's going to tentatively, I think, keep, keep that open, though it's unclear. I hope that we get to see Marco around the neighborhood. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, he is just, he's just really, really a fixture of, of, of Mission Street, just that middle part of Mission Street. I mean, knowing who's in the neighborhood and having neighborhood people is what makes a neighborhood. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's in, that's in short supply in San Francisco in 2019. So, so yeah, this is a fairly chilling development, um, and, you know, uh, the, the news you've reported is is you know something I guess people could be uh, optimistic about, but there's still quite a downside and quite a bit of uncertainty. Yes, exactly. Um, so you know, we uh, we wish Marco the best. I think. Good luck to him, and uh, yeah, uh, f- we'll, we will certainly be on top of this as uh, as it moves forward. And and uh, you know, I'm, I'm Julian's editor. I say, good job, you good story. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm glad we got that out there, and you know, uh, perhaps as soon as today. Uh, we'll have a little bit more certainty. But what we do know is that, um, you know, the severity, uh, the worst case scenario became not as bad as it could have been. Um, so in other news, I, you know, the uh, the presidential, I think, you know, it's kind of interesting how this, uh, the Mueller report comes out, you know, there isn't, uh, you know, there, well, there aren't too many findings. But... Yeah, I mean, or yeah, the, you know, the, the Mueller report comes out and, but there wasn't, you know, these, these, uh, you we know, don't these know. huge, expo- we don't know, but um, at, at this point, you know, no, no. I, I wouldn't want my work to be summarized <laughs> by William Barr. I mean, William, <laughs> well, William, William Barr's <laughs> job is to do what he just did. Um, I mean, like he's, he's a professional <laughs> wet blanket. Uh, yes, yes, perhaps, perhaps. And, so, and now, so, now his son-in-law is working for the president. Yeah, yeah. Go figure. Um, so, so this report comes out, but all of a sudden it seems that, you know, now we're talking about election 2020. I mean, well, a lot of, a lot of sort of the, you know, the, the news. Now uh, we're talking about election 2020? Well, I think it, you know, it really, I think that it, you know, the, the conversation, you know, really did shift, you know, after. I'm going to editorialize and say that, you know, we have, you know, um, Crazed lefties and high-functioning idiots like Glenn Greenwald have said that the media fell on its face, etc. And it did, but not for the reason that they said it did. Uh, it reported upon the investigation, which we still do not know what the man said. Right. We have no idea how long the report is, etc. Uh, but you know, the it's it's the covering of a uh, of a highly political event like this where people are exposed uh, of getting caught up in spin. 
you know, after Mueller report, Republicans, you know, call for it. It's like, we don't know what it says. You know, you're just going on a motion. We don't know what it says. There could be some extremely embarrassing, damning things in there. We just we just know the barest minimums. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, damning, you know, uh, extreme, you know, are are these, you know, are are is the material, is the evidence in there, is is it actionable enough? And and I don't think Mueller, Mueller seemed to think so. We don't know. Uh, Mueller said he did not believe that there was collusion with the quote-unquote Russian government, which is a fairly, you know, specific term in a nebulous world, but also he did not conclude that there was not actionable evidence and obstruction. It's William Barr who did. William Barr, who in a day and a half read the whole report, now said it's going to take him weeks and weeks and weeks to release a redacted version of it. Right, right, so, right. So I have my doubts. I think that, you know, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge is not for sale. You know, we should, we should, we should, we should withhold judgment. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, on the other uh, hand, uh, let, let's let's be honest. You know, people who willingly voted for a man caught on tape admitting to sexual assault are probably not going to be swayed by the technicalities of whether you know somebody was a Russian agent or acting on behalf of Putin or this or that. You know, like it's it, these things get complicated and they're easier to swat away. Oh but yeah, you're, but and, you're getting towards towards something else. Well, you know, I'm I'm definitely getting towards something else. But on that line, you know, I do think it. You know, it's easy. You know, it's easier for Trump to say I was fully to lie about I was fully exonerated. That's still a lie. Than, yeah, wh- whatever. I mean, he's he's still. You know, the lies are <laughs> seem to be the fuel. You know, of success these days. Uh. F- I mean, among liars, yes. I mean, among liars and above, among people who are extremely gullible or among, you know, highly partisan, uh, highly partisan voters, I think it's, you know, it's fine. I, th- these technicalities or even blowing up, you know, things that may have been in the Mueller. In the, the, Mueller. Longer, the longer that this report is sat upon, the more uh, people who are inclined to believe whatever they're told on Fox News are going to say there was, there was, it was no big deal. It was a witch hunt. We honestly don't know what's in there. Right. Well, and, I, and, and, you know, I mean, this, the bar has been set so low that, um, that, you know, I mean, there may be things in there that are extremely unbecoming and, you know, would indicate that, 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 uh, that this administration is inept and compromised and corrupt and that this president should not be president. But, you know, that's, that, that's separate and apart from uh, a cartoon-like conspiracy theory. Well, it, and it's also separate and apart from how uh, consequential it will be in, in, in the election. I mean, it, yeah, it I seems... Yeah, I mean, but that, the right. thing is, is that I've been following the, these candidates. They're not talking about that now. They got the picture. Uh, they're talking about, I mean, they've been given a huge gift with health care. Right. Um, they're talking about health care. They're talking about jobs. They're talking about all sorts of things. You know, when you look at the unemployment report, like San Francisco has 3.8% unemployment. Do you mm-hmm. think this is a model city? Do you think that this is how things ought to be? No, no, no. You know, I mean, right. you know, if I give you a job for minimum wage, you know, uh, banging a rock on a stick, you know, like that's... That's not going to get you over the hump in this in this city, but you're still employed. Yes, until true. you leave the job market, and then you're not counted. So, but you know, uh, I think what you're getting to is we're seeing a lot of presidential candidates in this city. Yeah, well, yes, that's right. That's right. Well, I, I'm saying I, I'm saying that you know I think now that we've we've got over this hump, we're we're starting to we're really starting to think about. Well, they were already here, and they'll be back. So, so you wrote about this, Joe. Mm-hmm. You, uh, why, why are so many uh, um, Democratic um, and uh, Republican pres- too? And, and why are so many presidential twenty twenty candidates coming to California now? Because, I mean, to to paraphrase the apocryphal uh, saying from Willie Sutton, it's where the money is. That's always been the case. People have always come here to bundle money and like just like pick up like infusions of cash because Northern California uh, residents have lots of money, and we also um, have a tradition of donation. What's changed is that, uh, especially on the Democratic side, you're incentivized to uh, amass legions of small donors now, 
the DNC uh, will put you on its big stage to debate if you get 60, I think it's 65,000 donors. And people use that as a fundraising talking point. So it makes sense, you know, if you're going to come out here and bundle cash, you know, and, and meet, you know, movers and shakers, uh, you know, it also helps to go to Manny's or someplace like that and, and, and you know, have an event for like $25 a head. Some of the bars of entry are very low. Uh, also in California, we have the primary now is coming up. I, th- I think it's March, correct? Right, right. So, Sooner, you know, yeah. for the first time ever, you know, like usually you have to go as a, as a presidential candidate and go and be an asshole in the Midwest and do dumb things like milk a cow or whatever, you know, get, <laughs> go to the dunking booth or buy some kind of fried vegetable on a stick right, or, right, right. or pander to whatever is considered to be Midwestern, you know. The, the uh, Pepperidge Farm commercial. Yeah, like, you know, like a Pepperidge Farm commercial or something like that or, you know, throw an axe or, you know, some, <laughs> something that's like so typically Midwestern that like, even midwesterners is like this is such pandering like here in california people are gonna you couldn't come and say like i'm gonna go surf or i'm gonna go get stoned in a del taco parking lot or i'm gonna you know like (laughs) whatever right you know but now they have to come and give us the early state treatment and the fact of the matter as you as you intimated you know california is not a small monolithically white state it's quite the opposite so you have to come here and make an honest play to california and in order to do so, you've really got to cement your networks. You've got to come here and you've got to get to know all the labor unions and the government officials. And, mm. you know, I, I foresee more people doing what Bernie did last time around. He endorsed Jane Kim. Jane Kim endorsed him. And it was, you know, it was a very right. reciprocal relationship. That was a fundraising bonanza for her, right? You mm. know, so like, uh, this is going to be interesting. And it's also a way to delineate your local officials who, you know, I will argue about this till the end of the day is I think that, yes, they are all very similar people in, in San Francisco are all, you know, for gay marriage and for universal health care, et cetera. But like there are distinctions. But now if you don't have time to pay attention, it's like, well, that's a Bernie person. That's a Beto person. That's a Hillary person and whatever, you know, uh, so we can figure that out. It's a way to brand people. And, and that's the reason to come here is to get to know everybody if you're if you're a candidate. Right. Uh, another reason to come here is that, you know, California has proportional representation on its primary. So Kamala Harris should do well, right? If she right. doesn't, she's not living up to expectations. I mean, you don't live up to expectations. That, like, that's the worst thing you can do in mm-hmm. an early primary, right? If you're a front-runner-ish type. Uh, but even if you get 10% of the vote or 15% of the vote, that's 15% of all the registered Democrats in... in, in uh, in in california did you, say, which is, did you say proportional representation yeah so oh, you're, what, you're, what, what you're, is that what does that you're mean? getting you're amassing delegates for for the uh for the convention right okay you can you yep. can you can do okay here and do and get more delegates than if you did fantastically in new hampshire or or some small state right so you're incentivized to come here and do well. Are you and, allowed to get a limited amount of delegates, or is there a no? Set there's amount? a cap. No, oh, there's a cap. I see. So you know, we've you remember the whole super delegate fiasco, right? Right, from right, last right. time. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's it's. I believe it's more straightforward now, and mm. and and there's all that. But in this case, you're incentivized to come to California and and do as well as you can, and you can prob- you might make a better haul than if you just really ripped it up elsewhere. Right. It's like degree of difficulty with the Olympic diving, and then second. You're going to do. You're going to get more delegates if you do well here in San Francisco because there are more Democrats here. You are rewarded for winning in the democratically heavy parts of the state. That would be here. That would be you know the Maxine Waters part of Southern California. You know, uh, you know that you think of the high density parts of California that are also democratic. Right. You know, right. like Marin is probably very democratic, but there's like you know uh, Strauss Farms and uh, and anti-vaxxers and you know and like 27 people. So, you know, you want to come to high-density areas, San Francisco, Los Angeles, you know, and, and areas around Los Angeles 
that that are that are heavily democratic and and have a high density of donors right yes those are also extremely right. wealthy places right. west hollywood san francisco are, are are places where you can kind of not just you know you're not you're not just getting one bird with one stone you're getting like three or four or five birds and with and one stone. and you know as you mentioned it was uh you know these 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 donors who you know who give money you know are perhaps more inclined and in san francisco you know in particular they're more inclined to be more active exactly uh, i mean yeah. if you're going to like a mega donor like you know that's that's a well-established thing. They're giving right. you, you know, tons of money and, 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 you know, you're on your way. And um, there are limits, you know, you'd have to have a super PAC or something like that if someone wants to give you, like, truly large amounts of cash. But if someone wants to drop $2,800 on you, that's great. But, you know, uh, if someone wants to give you $50, $100, what you can do is you can get $50 or $100 every month. And that, that you're building on that. And this is someone who's more grassroots oriented, someone who will bring their friends in, someone who will walk precincts, someone who will go to Nevada for you, someone who will make right. phone calls. Right. And, you know, it helps as the campaign goes on. If, if you get all the money at once, it tends to get spent. There's always needs. Right. It's nice to go back and be able to have this group of people. And also, you know, something we've seen in the past, uh, people tend to do poorly in, um, in some of their primaries and they drop out. If you have a built-in couple million dollars coming each month because of your donors donating in a Patreon-like way, you could stick it out, maybe. Well, Joe, um, thanks for fleshing that out for us. Um, you know, look forward to more candidates coming through. Um, come and see them. Uh, come and be engaged. Um, this is the end of our show. Uh, thank you for uh, listening. I'm Julian Mark. Sure. What is this music? Did you uh, did you leave your uh, your Mose Allison at home? I, you know, this is uh, this is home shake. I don't know. I just had it on my uh, my my iPod, but uh, it's uh, it's nice, right? It's, or pensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Eskenazi, thank you for being with us today. Uh, my pleasure.